I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, my fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show, Welcome back to RIP Diets. This is season three, baby. We're in it and we're having a great time so far. I wanted to start out the show with some housekeeping. For months, I have been lamenting that Facebook is the bane of my existence. My Facebook account, for those of you who have not been following, was hacked uh, several months ago and then subsequently deleted when I reached out to try to get my account back. Since I no longer have access to my account, I can't add people to the RIP Diets Facebook group, which was actually one of the highlights of my day for a long time was going on there and seeing what you guys were writing. The Facebook group was really starting to pop off and I miss it so much. So I tried to make another Facebook account, a brand new account, zero friends, just so I could manage this group. And when I created it, it immediately got flagged and put on hold. I wasn't able to use it. So I decided, fuck that. Facebook is dead. Young people aren't on Facebook anymore. I know a lot of you are still on Facebook, but we're going to get with the times and I'm going to create a Discord group for the RIP Diets mourners and we can have what we had on the Facebook group on Discord. So that group has been created. People are filtering in, but You guys need to all join it. Everybody who is in the Facebook group, move on over to Discord. My boyfriend Andy recently posted a link to the Discord group in the Facebook group because he's still able to access it, even though I am not my own group. So you can go there or you can go to my Instagram and the link is in my bio And I'd love to see you there. I've already divided it into discussions about the episodes and you can request any topic be added. It really works kind of like a chat room and it's really fun. I'm loving interacting with you guys on there. So everyone make your way over to Discord so we can shit talk dieting in the way that it's ruined our lives. I can't wait to see you over there. So yeah, just go to the link in my Instagram, which is Lubination. And that's how you can help me get this party started. In other news, I read this article in New York Magazine that I thought was very funny. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys about it. I'm always talking on this show about how food is trendy and how every few years there's a new thing that we supposedly need to be eating in order to be healthy, or there's something that we need to eliminate. And the number one thing that comes to mind for me is dairy. There seems to have been a war on dairy for maybe the past 10 years because of the saturated fat content. And everyone seems to have a dairy intolerance now, or it seems to cause inflammation in people. A lot of doctors will recommend you limit your dairy. I've had people say to my face, you know, that my dairy intake is astounding. Um, And I read this article 
and I need to share it with you guys. Okay. The title of the article is Whole Milk Mounts Its Triumphant Comeback. Hot girls are ditching the alternatives and are going back to basics. I love this so much. (laughs) I think it's hilarious that at least in New York City, but I think definitely for our country at large, there is this desire to consume what the cool girls are consuming. And I think that's part of how dairy has become so villainized is that these hot cool girls would go into the coffee shops and request oat milk or almond milk. And now, I mean, it's just available pretty much everywhere. This is a quote directly from the article. And um, the writer was actually speaking from her own personal experience. She says, I've never been diagnosed with lactose intolerance and I'm not vegan. Yet, I've spent my entire adult life switching between soy creamer, vanilla soy creamer, coconut creamer, pumpkin spice oat creamer, Oatly, Planet Oat, and a generic hemp milk brand from Whole Foods. Milks, spelled M-Y-L-K-S, meaning alternative milks, have added no peace to my life, only vegetable oil, sugar, and stress when I'm in an airport or sitting at a diner wondering which milk alternative I can realistically order. She also speaks to somebody who works in the dairy industry and says, with so many people claiming that alt milks are a path to dietary nirvana, this expert poses that ordering real dairy milk has become an act of quiet rebellion. She also speaks to a barista in a popular Brooklyn coffee shop who says that she's been having to go back and fetch the whole milk from the fridge way more often than she used to. People are coming in and these are people that she would normally peg as being oat milk people, but they're ordering whole milk and it's becoming trendy again. I just wanted to share this article because of what I say all the time about food being trendy and dietary fads coming in and out of fashion at an alarming rate. Um, This is even more evidence of that, that after all of these different milk alternatives have come out, we're now circling back to whole milk and realizing that it won't kill us. Crazy, revolutionary. I am a staunch advocate of ordering your coffee drinks with milk in it, um, adding milk to your coffee, and just not avoiding milk in general. Of course, unless you have a lactose intolerance, in which case lactate milk is the most delicious milk on the planet. I know because I drink it because my boyfriend is lactose intolerant and Lactate milk has actually changed my life. It's way sweeter than normal milk, and I love sweet things, so I'm just a huge fan. I go through a carton of that a week. And this is not me saying that anybody has to drink whole milk instead of milk alternatives. If you like oat milk, then go ahead, order the oat milk. Definitely indulge in whatever kind of milk that you prefer. It's just basically to make a point that Even if we don't know we are, we're always being affected by these trends and by what the taste makers, so to speak, have decided is healthy um, without actually necessarily doing the research ourselves. So don't deprive yourself of creamy, whole, delicious milk if that's going to make you feel satisfied. And of course, if you don't have an intolerance, which no matter what people tell you, they are not as common as they seem to be in this day and age. 
And speaking of cool girls, I had a cool ass bitch on the podcast this week, and I can't wait to get into this conversation. I had my friend and comedian Stuart Fullerton on the podcast, who admitted to me before recording this that she has dealt with binge eating for most of her life uh, and definitely most of her adult life. And it's still not a habit that she has completely kicked. And we talk about that. Um, We have a very honest conversation about food and the way we feel about food and the conversations, so to speak, that we have with ourselves and our mind when we make certain food choices or when we want to complain about certain body feelings that we're having. If you are very easily triggered, I might avoid this conversation just because Stuart has not broken free from diet culture the way that many of my other guests have. But I still thought it was a valuable conversation. And I still think you guys are going to love her. She's just so honest and forthright about issues that she has around food and trying to get better as she gets older. And I commend her a lot for that. So without further ado, let's get into today's conversation with the one and only Stuart Fullerton. Guys, my guest today is a hilarious comedian and a friend of mine. I'm so excited to have her on the show, Stuart Fullerton. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Emily. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, So glad to have you. I know that we have some things to talk about. I know you're a reformed, semi-reformed binge eater, and I definitely semi-reformed, semi-reformed, and that's that's perfectly okay. I always tell people like sometimes when I book people on the on the show they'll say like oh but I still have like weird things about dieting like I know it's RIP diets you're against dieting I'm always like bring them all on let's talk about it let's have a therapy session you know I agree and I like to look at it as I like myself now so it's like I accept all of the flaws which can sometimes be dieting <laughs> yeah I do you really love and accept yourself more now than you used to, would you say? Yes, I would totally say that. And honestly, I have to say, it feels like an age thing for me. It feels like every single year, I just like start caring less, liking myself more, actually realizing like, like taking my life sort of in my own control, if that makes sense. Like not blaming things on anything else. And then I feel like it's age. Like I just- Yeah, how old are you? I'm 28, which I know sounds- stupid because I'm like that's like I don't know if that's young or old I used to think that like 23 was young but now I think like 30 seems young well I have this complex and I think everybody basically everybody in our generation has this same thing that like we can't believe there are people younger than us yes um I just turned 31 but I do feel like 28 29 like I feel like that really was the turning point for me that like I wasn't just like you said I I wasn't so affected by like, it's not even that I never felt jealous of everyone or I, or of anyone, or I couldn't go on Instagram and compare myself to right. other people. Like that st- definitely still does happen, but you're able to put it in perspective a little bit. Exactly. Totally. Especially when you like your life, you know, Exa- that's exactly how I feel. So it's like, yeah, I just feel like it's an age thing. 
thing. Like, and yeah. I honestly, like, I'm not scared of aging. I'm scared of, like, my body hurting at some point oh, because same. I put I'm her through a my lot. bones breaking for no reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, seriously. My, you know what my dad said to me one time and it, it haunts me to this day. What did he say? He said he was getting out of the car and when he gets out of a car, he kind of like grunts, like it's kind of like, like kind of like it, like it's a little painful to get yeah. out of the car. And he was like, you know what? When I was in my thirties, I used to do that as a joke. I used to be like, oh, my old bones, my whatever. bones, and then and then it, one day it wasn't a joke anymore. I was oh doing my gosh. it for real. <laughs> That's hilarious. When I got the vaccine, I didn't get that sick, but my body felt so sore and it physically hurt me to get out of bed like the day after the vaccine. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh my God, is this what being old feels like? <laughs> you literally, it hurts to get out of bed. Yeah. I think it's not that far off, but you know what? You don't have to worry about that quite yet. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that yet. Maybe exactly. in like seven years. That, like, exactly. That we, we live fast and hard. So like maybe, That's... you know, I, I, the normal man's 50 would be our 40. 42 or something. This is true. This is true. <laughs> this is true. But I would love to hear, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear, you know, what your relationship with food was like growing up and the yes. role that it, that it played in your family. Exactly. Okay. So I was kind of telling you before, like, I have such a 90 classic nineties mom, fat free, like everything fat free in the house. And she never, ever, ever allowed junk food like in our house, like not candy. I didn't even know what like a Cheeto was until I like started going. Shut up. I'm serious. Like I had no idea until it's kind of funny. Cause like now that I like live in Brooklyn and I meet all these like hipsters, I'm like, my mom was technically kind of a hipster. Like we ate like organic food before it was like kind of a thing, but it wasn't like expensive, like whole food stuff. It was just like, right that kind of thing. We were, we didn't really watch that much TV, like no snacks in the house, but what would happen is I would eat nothing at my house and then go to other people's houses where the magic would come alive. And I would drink Dr. Peppers, eat ramen noodles, eat Cheez-Its, eat M&Ms, Oreos, chocolate chip pancakes. And, and that those is, moms probably all thought you were starving. Like they those moms probably all thought like, wow, this girl is malnourished. She comes over and she's eating like seven different meals. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And I, I literally have a friend's mom who told me like when she was really, really little, like apparently like she walked into the kitchen when I was like, I think I was like in like fifth grade or something. And I literally just had chocolate like all over my face. And I had eaten like an entire package of Oreos. Face and I was first. just like, I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> when I was little, I was really sneaky about food. And yes. my mom, my mom was definitely like that 90s-esque model of a mom as well like we have the yes. snack wells cakes and yes. we had the 100 calorie packs and we had like all that stuff but she would also like take us to mcdonald's and like it, it wasn't oh that's great yeah like it wasn't that crazy but she herself had some things around food that I think I picked up on really early yeah and one of the biggest things was she would eat like tiny little meals. Like she always, she always had this, this air about her, like I'm a dainty little woman and I eat dainty little meals, but then she would hide food under her bed. And oh, it was like, it was yes. like a little secret that she had, except we all knew about it. And we'd walk into her room sometimes unannounced and she'd like, 
you know, throw whatever she had under the bed, the Ben and Jerry's or the family size, whatever, nutter butters. And we would kind of make fun of her for it. But then I saw later in my life, me reenacting the exact same behavior. Totally. And it's so crazy how you, you can pick up on that, even if you don't think anything of it when you're a kid. Yeah. No, my mom is a huge binge eater. So I like definitely like learned it all from her. She still is to this day. Um, but like, yeah, exactly. So like with my mom, like if she opens something, like she's going to finish it. So whether it be like a box of food, ice cream, something like she finish, she has to finish it. Even like she'll, she'll buy like a ton of fruit and then like finish that. And it's like, I've just had to like rework through my life. Like you don't have to eat every, you know what I mean? I feel like they're like the nineties moms were like, you have to finish everything. I guess it's a little different. Well, my mom didn't hide food. She would just like eat it alone, like at night. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it, but it is kind of like this secret solo behavior. And I think it, it's all around guilt and shame, right? Yeah. Because it's like, if I don't think this is a good thing to eat or a good thing to model to my kids that I should be eating and I want them to eat fat free or whatever it was at the time. Then eventually when I do let myself eat a tub of ice cream, I'm going to eat the whole tub. Exactly. And it's, it's such a simple, I talk about it all the time on this show, but it's, it's just human psychology. Like the more you deprive yourself of something, the more you want it. Yes. Which actually I don't want to like jump way too far ahead, but that's something like within the past two years that I've like, that's like one of my like major rules. It's like, is like, I I don't let myself like give up anything. So like, I don't ever like do like a sugar-free month or like an alcohol-free month anymore. I don't do like a vegan situation or any of that because that's just going to make me could just go fully 180 yeah, once it's over. You, but you're so right also about the um the alcohol thing as well. Cause you you see, I mean, I, I have so many friends that they'll do like a dry January or sober October or whatever. And I don't quite understand the point because you know on February 1st, they're getting hammered. Hammered. I know. And then and, it's just- and it's it's just like why even eliminate that in the first place if you're just gonna double down later. Exactly. And then another, so I've done a lot of like dry Januaries. I've done like sober October and dry dry January, at least like three years, like one, one, like January, one year, October, one year, you know, like off and on. Mm -hmm. And A, I never make it through. I make it like 25 days or something. That's still pretty good. It's pretty good. I thought you were going to be like, I make it like a week. And then, well, sometimes it's been actually this year, I was going to do dry January and then the insurrection happened. And I was like, no, (laughs) on second thought no (laughs) I'm good on that one but yeah exactly then you just binge drink at the end and then also like my whole goal in life is to like not binge technically so Mm -hmm. like I don't want to like set up that pattern of behavior where I'm going to binge then the other thing that people don't realize when you give up drinking and I'm a huge drinker like I don't know if you talk about that on the podcast I'm like drinking is a part of like my life my lifestyle I drink a lot I love wine all that stuff and I love wine. I'm so, I'm like, 90s moms are annoying. I love wine. Get me some rosé. <laughs> but what people don't understand is when you give up alcohol, your body is getting like so much less sugar than you were giving it before. So then if, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but like sober people are like obsessed with like cookies, candies, yes. cakes, stuff like that. So I can't give up alcohol because then I need something else to like, I heard this quote that's like addiction 
is like having three trash cans, but you have two lids. So you can put oh. one. Uh, wow. Deep. Wow. <laughs> no, I get that though. I, 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 the thing that I've heard, which is similar is it's a game of whack-a-mole because it's oh, like yes. you hit one of them and then another thing then just another, pops up. And exactly. So whenever oh. I, I never let myself or now anymore, I, I don't even do like Monday through when, like I know people that do like Monday through Wednesday, I'm not drinking because it's like, I would rather like go to a show, have the option, maybe decide not to, or like go to a show, have one vodka soda and then go home. That's not going to be bad for me. Right. Instead, when I do like Monday through Friday, I can't drink. Then on Saturday, I'm getting blacked out and then having the worst hangover of my life on Sunday and then I'll be able to get out of bed. So yes. instead, it's better to like pepper in like, you know, just like drink whenever you want. It, you yeah. Know? No. And I, I super agree with that. Actually, definitely you know, not for people who have severe addictions or whatever. They're I'm so sorry. Yeah. Who can yeah, I don't have all. No, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. for the average person. Yes. Um, and I subscribe to that as well. Like I'm careful about my drinking because it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Um, I'm very like tuned into how it makes me feel. And honestly, like more than two glasses the next day, I the will feel it. Yeah. You'll feel it. And you get anxiety now. I do. Like it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So just to maintain like an equilibrium, I will limit it, but I will never be like, I can't drink on Mondays. Like exactly. that's not a real rule. Like that, that shouldn't, I don't think that should guide your life. Like, I think it's like, if you're at, uh, out at a restaurant or you're, you're at a dinner party or what, like you're, at a show, whatever the occasion is, and you want to have a drink, have a drink, but don't yeah. feel the need to go so overboard. It's that's the same kind of philosophy that I have about food. Exactly. Exactly. It's yeah. It can, it doesn't have to all be drinking. Like if someone's sober or something, it's like, if you're out at a restaurant and everyone's getting a dessert and you stress, stress, stress my, you know, my grandma is super like diety too. She's like an old Southern lady. And she'll do the type of thing where like, we'll be at a restaurant. She'll be like, I can't eat another. She'll talk about the dessert, like the oh, whole yeah. time. Like I could never eat that. And then she ends up like eating a ton of it. And I'm like, why you could just eat it or not. Right. Don't be like annoying about it. And then just like have fun and then only eat a little or eat a lot or do whatever. And then just have fun. <laughs> and that's so sad. Also, when you are in situations like that with, I, I imagine your grandma's in her eighties. 90s. Oh my gosh. It's, I feel sad for her because I love her so much. She works out every morning and she's like, 80. Really? she like literally goes to like a track and like works or and like does an elliptical. And you know what, if that makes her feel good, that's great. I'm not saying like she shouldn't, but I'm like, at good some point, at some point, can we just not care anymore? I know. <laughs> Is there I ever know. an escape? <laughs> I know. And, and I'll tell you like, that was actually one of my frames of thinking because I really lost myself in my eating disorder in my twenties. And when I decided to fully choose recovery and kind of like let go of dieting completely, that was one of the really big things that I kept thinking is like, do I want to be in my eighties and still, and still to shrink myself still like worried about what food is going to do to me. Like, I don't want to live that kind of life. Yeah. And, but that really is, it, it really is not going to end. Like you think that there's some stopping point that you're not going to care anymore, but that's just not the way it is. I know. I know it's, that was a huge, um, I had like a huge, so I guess like my whole backstory, I guess I'll just give you like the yeah, please. long and the short of it. 
Um, like grew up, my mom was super strict about food. I would binge eat at other people's houses. My mom binge eats. My sister did too. My sister was an obese kid. So then we had like, she was like in the doctor for that, like had to go to fat camp, all that kind of stuff. Oh, I went um, to fat camp too. Really? Oh yes. my gosh. I'm I like, wonder if we went to the same fat camp. Probably not. Cause you're it was like in Arkansas and it was more like a clinic situation. Like she didn't literally like go away. Oh, so she went to like a dietitian, yes. a nutritionist. Yeah. It was like she a program. That. I know. I know. <laughs> Did you have to go too? Or was it I, just like, she has this problem. She needs to go. It was more her. Cause I grew up like dancing and stuff. So I would be like exercising a lot. And she like did hated all that kind of stuff. So she like, didn't want to do any, do anything really active. Um, I sort of like in high school ended up gaining like quite a bit of weight. And then I, my mom like was very strict on me then. And I, I didn't, I never had to go to like, my doctor would say stuff, but I never had to like go to a program or anything, mm -hmm. but that was cause I had stopped like dancing. Honestly, it's like, I, I think I kind of said this before, but it's like when someone, when like a girl grows up playing soccer and they go to college and they like just aren't playing soccer anymore. So obviously you're not exercising anymore. It was like yeah. kind of one of those situations. Um, but I really didn't have a huge issue. Well, I kind of had an issue. So then I lost like a lot of weight senior year of high school and got a ton of, you know, you get so much attention yes. when you lose weight. Everyone's it's like, actually like, intoxicating. It's insane. <laughs> it is so insane. And honestly, it makes me crazy that like people still to this day do it I'm like you should not I have like good friends that'll be like you look so skinny and I'm like it's can, do you read the New York Times we're not allowed to do that anymore <laughs> like no, yeah you know I was talking about this on the on the last episode actually because I in the past six months or so did lose weight but I didn't realize that I did yeah um, until I started hearing about it from other people I know. and other people, like, you know, asking me what I was doing. And I understand that that is well-intentioned and that, you know, people come from their upbringing was probably similar to yours and mine yeah. that it's like, they think that's the ultimate compliment. I, I know. I know. It does make me really self-conscious. It makes me really like, anxious about, oh my God, does that mean that I should be doing something to keep this up? Or exactly. It, or it, will they, is my worth still going to be like measured? Like if I end up gaining weight back or like, and because then people like, notice, like people notice me fluctuating and stuff like that. And, and I just don't understand why people can't. I always just say like, you look amazing. You're glowing. Like, I don't understand why people can't just say that, you know, I know. Like I know. it doesn't or, or have to have a compliment in your back pocket. That does not have to do with someone's body. Exactly. Also skinny, technically, like I hate it when people will tell me like I'm skinny. I'm like, technically like Angelina Jolie is skinny. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh my God, Stuart, you are speaking like... to my fucking soul right now. You're actually speaking to my soul because I also, you know, I'm talking about this on the podcast and then I get a DM, but you know, I knew that somebody was going to DM me and be like, clearly you have a problem because you like, yeah. didn't notice that you were losing weight or something. And it's not, somebody did DM me saying like, I don't think it's appropriate that you would talk about yourself and like negative feelings that you have because you're so thin. And to which I was kind of like, well, but if you listen to this show, you know, that like 
everybody has a complicated Every, history yeah, and everybody has a right to feel their feelings. Like I would never call myself a fat person, but like, definitely I still have bad body image days. Cause I'm yes. a human, you know what I mean? I do feel like that should be normalized a little bit. Like just because somebody is thin does not mean that they feel good about themselves. All the no, time. totally agree. I 100% a million percent agree. Yes. It's like, yeah. And then you feel awkward saying it. Yeah. And I have friends that are like bigger or it's like smaller. So then I, I feel like you can't say anything if you're like in the middle, like that's kind of always how my body's been. I've sort of been like in the middle. Yeah. So it's like, you can't really complain, but then sometimes you're like, like this week I got like no sleep. I've been eating like crazy. I've just been like on to the next and I'm not mad at myself for it. I'm like, you know what, this is going to happen. And then next week you're going to work out a ton or like, so, you know, mm-hmm. it's all going to balance out. But I literally was feeling so gross at work. And I was like, I literally have a double chin. And then my friend at work was like, you can't say that. I was like, oh, well, I can't complain about my double chin. Like I haven't slept in a week and I've been eating like crazy and drinking like crazy. Like my face is out to here. I can't complain a little bit. No, I know. But it, but it is, it's a mental thing, but it feels so real, right? I know. It's like, it's like the phantom double chin. It's like the double it's, chin that accumulated in one week that you she, know is not really there. You may not see her, but she is there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love her. I love her. I hope that you love her too. (laughs) Tell me about the binge eating. Like when did the binge eating get to a point that was serious? So definitely like all the time, like high school, whatever. And then so college, what had happened was I went away for college. And I really think this is, maybe your audience members can relate to this, but like going away to college is like, really scary and weird and like you're 18 and you don't really know your identity you don't really know what you're gonna do you're just like balls to the wall and I feel like a ton of people's eating disorders probably start in college because of like you're because you're living with other women too you're living with you're living with other women there's like you're like not fully secure in yourself yet or I wasn't at least like I had like I've always I always have and you're included in this Emily I have hot friends. It's like crazy. Like hot (laughs) girls just love me. Like I have so many hot, all of my friends are hot. Like almost every girl I am friends with is like the hottest girl ever. And I think it's just probably I'm secure in myself. And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. Well, I guess I'm hot too, technically. You're <laughs> sexy as hell. No, I've seen your Instagram. You, you oh, yeah. hot bitches. I, 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 have been, I have been thirst trapping a little bit on Instagram lately because <laughs> I'm recently single. But anyways, I went to college and I had hot fucking friends. And I'm like, oh my God, these girls are like naturally so tiny. They can like eat whatever, whatever, whatever. And I was terrified of gaining the freshman 15 going into college. Mm. Everyone talked about it. It was like a huge thing. I'm from the South. All of my like Southern friends like went to school and then you're just like rules are off. You're eating like fried chicken, Chick-fil-A. We're also binge drinking, like all that kind of stuff. So freshman year, actually, I was so scared of gaining the freshman 15 that I was crazy anorexic freshman year. I would do like, or I guess I shouldn't say the full, I uh, tell me if I'm saying anything I'm very you were restricting your food. You're restricting my food. Exactly. I'm very loose cannon. So if I ever, if I say anything that's triggering to anyone, I'm so, 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 so yeah, sorry. no, it's okay. Um, um, I think, I think you're allowed to say that you were anorexic. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> but what I would do, and this is so bad, I would like eat soup only. And then like, 
occasionally I would eat like my like fun cheat meal. This is so hilarious. You have to laugh. My like cheat meal would literally be a tuna sandwich from the subway, which it recently came out that it has 0% tuna DNA. In it. Is that true? Yeah. I recently the like subway tuna was so good. I remember the it's subway tuna. literally no one knows what it is, but it's not tuna. They Stop. literally just, yeah, they, it just came out with like all the, their, or I don't know who they are, but the art, the people that write the articles, um, <laughs> the, press. The, the tuna press, the tuna press, big tuna just came out and literally there's 0%. That tuna is insane. DNA okay. I need to look tuna. that up right after this is done because that's, I'm like sick to my stomach right now. Cause the exactly. tuna, that, that was like the only thing I liked from subway. And um, I know, also the pickles, same. their pickles are like Great unmatched. Pickles. Amazing pickles at Subway, I love. Just the smell is like, it gives me a sense memory. I actually, I don't like it anymore. Like I used to love Subway. Now that I have, now that I live in New York and New York, you, know, we you have can go to a deli panini. and get a real sandwich. Yes. I think the Subway sandwiches taste like trash, but that smell of the pickles really takes me back to like, I would it's, go and get a big tuna sub and then ask for a separate side of pickles. Oh, that's genius. I never oh, even yeah. did that. I didn't even know you could do that. And I love that. I mean, I would love to go to a subway, but I mean, with now that what we know about the tuna, I just can't go back. Um, but yeah, so, so freshman year, I ended up being like super, super, super restricted, like whatever. And then I just got so sick of doing that, that like sophomore through senior year, I totally stopped, started like really bad binge eating, like, um, you know, alone in my room at night, all that kind of stuff. I'm also drinking a ton through college. So like, mm -hmm. that's a, that was like crazy. And to be honest with you, I just like hated myself kind of in like my body. And then I just like, I, I really think that like when you hate your body, you're in a place where you can't even get out of, like you yeah. actually have to start like liking yourself to get even out of that. But so then I ended up gaining like a ton of weight and I was like in school for theater and it was like very, like my body was like topic of conversation. So it would be like, you well, know, I, I would, yeah, I would get like, um, like reviews from like professors. And then that made it even worse. I literally had a professor, right? Like would be better with less weight on like one of my papers. Like, no. yeah, I mean, it was theater. So it's like, kind Is of it like, really like that in, um, in like the theater department. Can you tell me a little bit? I about don't that? think it, I don't think they could get away with that. Like literally this year in 2021, but that was still sort of like, yeah, it kind of was like that in like the two thousands and stuff. Did you um, worry about like not getting um good roles because of it, or did you yeah. see people who look different getting well, the lead roles? Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's such a huge thing in musical theater, which I think honestly, I'm shocked musical theater hasn't been canceled already because <laughs> it's very problematic. Like that, you're you literally, if you're thin, you're a chorus girl or an ingenue. If you're like, then there's like the fat lead that like has the best song, and then there's like the quirky character thing and it's like sort of like unless you're like ingenue size in my opinion they don't really consider you for stuff like that luckily I'm always the funny friend anyways in, right yeah in life and on the stage darling but so that was fine but I literally I had a professor say to me as well once like you know, it's like theater, you either have to be like really, really thin or really, really big. Like you cannot be in between. They literally said that, which I wow. honestly feel like I do comedy as well. And sometimes 
I feel like comedy skews that way as well. Like I do too. Like you either have to be like so thin that you like, I don't know, like a lot of female comedians to me are like so thin that they're like, I don't know, it makes you kind of a little more masculine in a way. Like, oh, interesting. Like low body fat, possibly. I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't want to say anything and get canceled for it. And then I honestly think girls or people that are like really, really larger are almost like funnier to people. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And they can use that as, yeah. you know, a source of material that's very yeah. easy, like very accessible. People already think it's funny and people think it's funny when you're like self-deprecating or making exactly. fun of yourself. So I definitely have seen plenty of female comics who are in larger bodies, like be self-deprecating in a really funny way. And that just makes everybody go nuts like they're falling yeah. on their chairs laughing exactly exactly so that all that was happening during college and I was just like whatever I end up graduating moving to New York um and then honestly my first like three years in New York I was like fully binge eating I work I was sort of I, I heard there's a term for it but I forget what it's called when you like binge eat and then you work out a ton Wait, exercise bulimic exercise bulimic so I was doing that like really bad so I was like eating so much like and I'm, I really mean a lot I'm not one of I'm not being dramatic and saying a lot like it was fully like a binge eating situation would you and eat I would, to the point that you were uncomfortably like, full? uncomfortable couldn't sleep couldn't get up like whore I would be so mad it was like the darkest time of my life you know what I mean yeah. like and, and where was, would your mind go during the binge. You're because so stupid. Me, Why did you do this? Don't buy candy anymore. I have candy addiction. And oh. I still, I still do. Honestly, I still love candy. I let myself buy candy. Unfortunately, sometimes I do binge eat it, but I've gotten a lot better. What kind? What do you sour? like? Sour. Yeah, let me tell you what I like. Sour. I want it to not, I want it, you know, the tuna is 0% tuna. I want the candy to be 0% food. I want it to be fully scientific, made in a lab. And here's the kind of candy I like. So like, you know, like you'll have Starburst. Mm -hmm. I want one degree or two degrees of separation away from the real original candy. So for example, Starburst jelly beans, that's one degree away. Starburst sour jelly beans would be two degrees away. And that would be my favorite type of candy. You know what I mean? What sounds delicious. So good. So I love like sour gummy, like sour patch kid, watermelon extreme. You know what I mean? Like I like <laughs> so to, you need it to be nuclear. You need nuclear. to like blow up your insides essentially. Le oh, my insides. I don't know what, how they, how they do it. They're electric I, green. I have, I eat, I consume so much acid. I love candy. I spicy food is like my number one. I put like hot sauce on every, uh, am I Hillary Clinton over here? What's happening? <laughs> I, I really have a hot, a bad hot sauce situation and then salt and then coffee. And then wine is like all I consume. So my, I have a lot of acid going on. Wow. Okay. Watch out for ulcers. I know it's I'm kidding. I should, you know what? I shouldn't say that if they, if, if those flavors make you happy, exactly. go right ahead. But I, I was oh, asking, sorry, I'm digressing. About, like, no, it's okay. I, I was asking about like where your mind would go because for me, it, it's interesting that like you would feel guilt. Like, would you feel guilt during the binge or more after? Because for me, the binge itself was like a vacation. No, like, the binge is the best part. Honestly, yeah. like I love it. It's just, 
yeah, no, it was all after. Well, daring, I would sort of be like, why can't you stop eating? Right. But you physically felt like you could not stop. No, I can't. Of course not. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And I would, what would really upset me is that I could not go to sleep. Like I literally wouldn't be able to sleep. And I'm like, that's all I want to do is like eat a ton and then pass out. But I literally couldn't um, go to sleep. And then I would just like lay in bed, like, you're so disgusting. You're stupid. You dumb whore, you know, ETC. Um, And then I would wake up. And then here's the thing I would exercise like crazy. And then I still exercise all the time. I like absolutely love um, exercising um, and working out and like cardio kind of stuff. But I would feel so horrible. It would just make, my workout so painful because I like was physically like too full. Like I shouldn't have been doing it. You know what I mean? You're sweating out sour sugar. Exactly. And like, God knows what else. Um, So then how long did it go on in college? Did you seek any treatment for it or did you try to stop back then? In college, I was like fully disassociating. I would do like, I would do, I would, I would, I'm a huge fluctuator. So it would be like, two years on, like, and then I'd like drop a ton of weight or something. A lot of times, you know, what really happened is like, um, whenever I'm doing like, like I would be like in a show and I would lose like a ton of weight because I was actually doing something that I, I was like, honestly, I just think it all has to do with like liking yourself. And like, if you're doing something that if you're living your like best life and being happy and loving yourself, then you're gonna not seek out like binge eating tendencies, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So that would happen to me. So like in college, it was like three years of like full, 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 like I gained lots, lots of weight, like all that stuff. And then like the year after college, I dropped a little bit and then I'd go back up and then I drop a little bit back up. And it was about like two years ago before I like fully stopped. um, And how did you do it? Okay. Well, now this is interesting. (laughs) What happened was, to be totally honest with you, I got a boyfriend and this is weird, but like I was around someone more and more and I guess I was a little happier, something like that. Also like starting like comedy. Um, I was just like busy and I just kind of like stopped, you know, then and then I end up, so I've also done like every single diet in the world. I don't mm-hmm. know that if you have as well, but like I've done yeah, paleo, South Beach, I've done Atkins. South Beach, I've done Atkins, I've done keto. I've like paid for diets. I've done like, um, I did long story short, this is so embarrassing, but I did, I paid a lot of money for this like intense dieting program that was literally horrible for you. Like do not recommend it was, it was, was like it a, a cleanse or was it? It's so crazy. It was like, it was like an accountability like program pretty much. So like I would like send photos of meals and then like, um, like exercise and then like all this stuff to like a trainer person. And then they would like, like, yeah, it was that. And I had to send photos of my weight every morning to them as well. I do not weigh myself ever anymore. Like I, I think that's the worst possible thing you can do. Good for you. So that ended up happening. And honestly, it was such a horrible experience. I was miserable, like totally miserable. Like I said before, like I work in restaurants, like I love food and wine and stuff like that. And I need to be someone that like 
just like has a good normal relation. Like I just, I, but I couldn't figure that out. I was like, yeah. how do, how do other people have this like normal relationship with food? Like, I'm never going to have that. Like, I would just think that all the time. Like I have so many friends that never restrict things and they look amazing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until, so I did this like horrible program, lost a lot of weight, got tons of, you know, everyone's like, you look amazing. Oh my God, you're so skinny. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I was so terrified to gain the weight back. I was doing like, you know, eating only nasty soup and broth. Like I was hating my life. And I was like, you know what? I got to a point where I was like, you physically can't do this anymore. Like you just can't, or you're just going to like go back to like the binge eating situation. So I ended up just like fully almost a year, two years ago, just like honestly, kind of during the pandemic, um, cause I was super regimented before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up being like, you know what? And I would, I would like track my workouts like crazy. Like I would like force myself to run like six miles. I would like, you know, force myself to eat this, this, and this. And like, and I'm not fully like recovered or whatever. I still do like a lot of that stuff, but I was like, you know what? If you just like stop trying so hard, your life is going to get a lot easier. So now I like, don't put limits on like my exercise stuff. Like I just like I don't wear my Apple watch anymore. I don't like calculate how many miles I don't count calories or anything like that. And honestly, it's been working out great. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Isn't it crazy how like you can go for so many years being so anxious about this thing and like thinking that you need to control it nonstop. And then the second that you let go, you're like, oh yeah. Like why the fuck did I ever think I needed to control it. Like I, my body can control itself. That's what it's there for. Exactly. And that's, and that's what it's there for. And it's, and I'm just so relieved because the binge eating thing, like, I just hate being mad at myself. Like I want to have fun all the time and be happy all the time. I don't need life already sucks as it is. Like, I don't need to create more issues and like doing things like, you know, Oh, you have to run today. If I don't want to run today, I'm not going to run, you know, today, probably, I will run because I know it'll make me feel better and then I'll feel great and I'll, and also great for anxiety and sweating things out. So it's like, once I put it in, I try to think, and I hate to say this, I hate to like gender this, but you know what? Like men don't think about anything. Yeah. Absolutely. That's my goal in life. It's just, I, just like, me not too, think about it. <laughs> no, me too. It's actually like the mental gymnastics. And I've actually read some articles specifically about that, about how, you know, the diet, the diet industry is very much catered towards women because of the societal pressure, but also kind of to keep us distracted. Like, I, and it, it, it's working. Y'all. It works. It's a it huge works. distraction. I mean, do you know how many collective hours I've spent worrying Reading. about if this one particular food, if, if cotton candy grapes are going to make me fat, you know what I, I mean? I know, I know reading all this stuff, like in the magazine, stuff like that, all the diets I've like stuck, like I could literally be a nutritionist, but you know right. what I mean? Like, I actually feel like all women, like technically we could be nutritionists. Like, well, I hate to break it to you, but anybody can be a nutritionist. You just I know. need a certification. That, exactly. That's another thing is like anybody listening, never go to a nutritionist, make sure you're going to a weight neutral dietitian. If you're going to go see anybody, because literally anybody can take a single course and be a certified nutritionist yeah, with no understanding of the human body. So that's just like a little side note, a little side note for you all. You're so right. And I, and that, that was a huge part of like, when I like really tried, like started like letting go of everything. It's like, 
all the brain power you're using, and I think this is a very common thought that women have, and I don't mean to, again, I don't mean to gender anything, whatever y'all want to be is whatever, but um, like if women literally didn't spend so much time thinking about like what I'm going to eat, what I did, you know, like it would free up our brains so freaky much like we would all run a business we would all be in Forbes exactly like it's just it's just crazy so I I also (sighs) I I wonder can we talk a little bit more about the boyfriend you said that oh I know together anymore yes Um, oh my gosh yeah that we're you're getting the juicy juice yeah so how did the breakup affect you if at all like with food or body yes so that actually is a funny you say that are you my nutritionist so that honestly so like I didn't mean to like make it sound like a boyfriend like made me get skinny it was more just like someone was like no, it but was I like more of like someone's no, just I there totally all the time. Understand. So then- I totally understand what you mean because I live with my boyfriend. We share a lot of our meals yeah, and even the ones that we don't share were around during the same time. So any weird, like I used to have very weird rituals around food. Like Mm -hmm. I I would be like, Oh, you know, I don't have anything in my fridge to really make a meal, but instead of going to the grocery store and like buying some nice ingredients to make a meal, I'll just eat a whole jar of salsa and then like microwave these two bagel bites. I do stuff like that all (laughs) the time because sometimes if you go to the grocery store, you don't know what you'll buy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We're we're literally insane. It's such an anxious place, the grocery store. It's such an anxious place. I would avoid it at all costs. But like now that I, now that I live with my boyfriend and we share the meals and we share the grocery shopping and all that, there's a lot more accountability and a lot more like, I hate to say it, but like, yeah, I don't want to look like a fucking weirdo, like not eating a real meal. I have dipped pita chips into salsa I have eaten multiple protein bars in one sitting I have done it all instead of just literally ordering food or going out or like having you know it's like so so nasty but so that's like kind of what happened and then okay so this I actually want to share with you and I want to hear what your thoughts I was hardcore dieting for two years of my relationship um And I spoke with my sister. So my sister has like all pretty much the same like food issues as me. We talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. She actually is in like a really good place now, but she has been like severely, you know, like passing out in public because she's not eating, you know, that type of, I know it's horrible. Um, And, but she's in a really good place now. And I was like, she was telling me that with her ex-boyfriend, she's actually dating a woman now and very, very happy, but she was dating a guy before this. And she was like, you know what? It's so crazy. She was like, I was dieting like all the time. She was like, I almost think I was trying to like punish like myself and or him for like being in the wrong relationship. Wow. Is that not weird? I had to share that with you. And I realized I was in a relationship for four years. I recently, three months ago or four months ago now, um, we broke up about four months ago and seriously for like two years of the relationship, I was like fully dieting, being like rude about food, like being upset if like he wouldn't like plan certain things out. Cause then I would like eat a huge lunch and then be so upset like at dinner, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that kind of whole thing. Yeah. And I kind of realized I was like, 
just not happy and like taking that out through food is like kind of the easiest thing to control. So it's like, that that makes a lot of sense because yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's not so much that you're being punished for being in the wrong relationship. That's like a, the negative way to look at it, but the, the like objective way to look at it, I think would be you see these problems happening in the relationship or, you know, something that you can't control. So rather than addressing those problems, you turn to what you already know, which is food. And you're trying to control that to feel a little more yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And I got really freaking skinny. Let's just say I looked better than ever. I've never felt worse (laughs) though about myself. Yeah. I got so skinny and I have a theory. This is don't cancel anyone, but when someone gets really, really skinny, you know, they're about to get divorced or go through a breakup. That's how I knew years before Anna Ferris and Chris Pratt broke up that they were going to break up because she got so skinny. And I was like, she is I was like, I was like, they are going to break up soon. That is so, uh, there's gotta be, you need to tell me the next time, you know, someone's going to break up. That is, I will let you know, but like, there's gotta be something with like food and relationships and like women. And like, also, I feel like women are secretly like angry that men don't care. And they're just like, fuck you. I'm going to be skinny. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm talking all hetero relationships. I don't really know if your audience is super woke or not. I'm always scared these days. There, I mean, there's some pretty, pretty woke people and they definitely call me out on my bullshit and they might call you out on your bullshit. That's fine. Y'all can call me out. I'm really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) She's not dumb, you guys. But I do think like, obviously we're, neither of us are experts in the field of nutrition. And I never claim to be like, I'm not an expert. I'm just a person who have, who's had like a certain amount of experiences, but the thing about men and women, like, and, and I always say, yes, men can have eating disorders. Absolutely. Oh, totally. Like, absolutely. I know plenty of men who have totally. really fucked up relationships, with their bodies. Yeah. But societally, is there as much pressure? No, no. not even close. Not yeah. even close. Like I, I think a guy your average guy who is maybe chubby or fat that the average guy would probably think to himself yeah well I'm funny so I'll still fucking get girls you know what I mean yeah like, totally whereas women our appearance is our entire self-worth totally like, it doesn't matter what else you have to offer it doesn't matter if you're not if you do not look a certain way, no one's going to look in your direction and no one's going to get to know who you are anyway, because they don't like the way you look. That's how we're made to feel. Um, do I think that's necessarily true? No, absolutely not. Like, I think, first of all, I think there's a lot of ways to be beautiful. And like, we have a very Western idea of what beauty even is. Mm -hmm. Whereas in other cultures, you know, in other cultures, somebody might look at me and be like, oh, she looks like she's starving and she looks like hideous and pale. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it could be completely different. Um, but definitely in the U S and for much of the Western world, that's, that is the beauty standard. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if you don't live up to this beauty standard, no one's going to even care what you have to say because you right. don't have the look yeah you know that that's yeah. what we're led to believe mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, there's gotta be something with like relationships and like food or anyways. There, def um, there definitely, there definitely is. Like I, I've heard people, I think it's different for everyone. Like I've heard people say, oh, when I get into a relationship, I get really comfortable and I put on weight. Yeah. I've heard other people say, um, exactly what you said, like, oh, I'm way more regimented. That was definitely my experience. Also my, my boyfriend is very slim and yeah. just is one of those people that, and his whole family is, is like this and it's very genetic. It's just, they have fast metabolisms and they just yeah. don't put on weight. Um, so he eats a lot and he's very conscious of like getting enough protein, getting enough yeah. because he will lose weight if he doesn't eat. Right. Um, so I think like having that person in my life did make me extra accountable of like, oh yeah, it's dinner time. Like we haven't eaten in four hours. I should eat something. Yeah. And I think that was a good thing for me. Yeah. Other people might have a different experience because maybe like they're still in their eating disorder or whatever, and don't want to be eating that much or right. whatever. But for me, it was like a really good thing mm -hmm. to be accountable and to totally. actually eat It's meals. just someone else there, literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And to like make meals, you know, to be planning for two yeah. people, it, it really is. But it's the same thing. Like somebody can do it alone. It's yeah. just, it's harder. It's harder. Exactly. And I definitely, now that I'm single, I have been, you know, a little bit like bad again. Like I'll like, you know, I don't know if this happens to you, but like, I do the thing where I wait to eat and then I get so hungry and then I eat like too much or like that, you know? So I've been like definitely struggling a little bit with that. Um, but I'm just trying to get my schedule on track yeah, first. And then the I'm place. And I also love to eat for free. I try not to pay for food as much as possible. And that's I work in, restaurant privilege. That's a restaurant right Exactly, exactly. So I kind of am like, like that at least gets me like a little, as long as I'm not eating late at night, right before bed, I kind of feel like I'm in a good spot. Yeah, well, as long as you're not restricting all day or like kind of putting it off so that when you have that moment alone, you'll go crazy. I, that, I think that's the key. And also not for nothing, but do you, um, do you start your day with a good breakfast? So I was being so good about that. Um, I was doing like a full, like amazing oatmeal situation. Like I had like oh, berries yeah. and honey and like, I love oatmeal. It makes you, excuse me, shit. Yeah, amazing. no, it does. So it makes it's you, great. starts your day off amazing. Like a huge coffee and oatmeal. I was so good about that. And then I just moved apartments and I like, haven't gotten my whole like kitchen life together. So you're right. No, I have not been doing a great breakfast, but I, I need to start because that changes everything. It really does. Like I, I think breakfast is the easiest thing to make. Like there's so many different things that you can make and it's so easy. Like I am not a cook. I can't really cook anything. Eggs, and I, anyone I, can cook eggs, anyone can cook eggs. Anyone could mash up, you know, an avocado spread it yeah. on toast or yeah. have, I'm a big, you know, granola eater, or even like a, even a protein bar. Like I, I do think getting up and even if you're not hungry right away, maybe in an hour, like having something before you leave the house. Totally. I'm always amazed when people come over to my house to record. And we always, when we mic check, we're always like, what did you eat for breakfast? So many yes. people don't eat breakfast. So many people just drink coffee and don't eat breakfast. And for me, my energy levels would just be like, 
you know, breakfast not be good. When I actually did lose a lot of weight, breakfast was a huge part of it. Cause it's like, when you don't like, but then you're like, you're like, sometimes your brain is like, I, I want to skip those calories, but it's like, exactly. Those but you're going to end eat, up eating, you so, end up much eating so much more if you don't mm-hmm. eat breakfast. I totally, totally, totally agree. No, I need to get my breakfast situation under control, but I'm going to, I need, I need food in the morning too. Like I'm not someone that's like, like if I don't have breakfast, I'm like starving until like I do eat. Yeah. I'm not someone that like wakes up, you know, people are like, I'm too nauseous in the morning. I'm like, that is not me. I'm like, no, I wake up starving. Either. I mean, listen, respect if, if you don't, if you don't get hungry in the morning, then I guess don't eat breakfast. I just think right. it makes a really big difference. And I think the reason why a lot of people skip it is just because they, just like you said, they're like, I don't need that. Exactly. I, I think it's, it's less that they're not hungry and more that they get used to not eating it. And they're kind of like, ah, I don't need that. I, I function just fine. 100%. Yes, you function just fine, but it, it really makes a difference in your energy levels throughout the day. And then yeah. also you end up eating so much much more more. when you restrict in the morning, even if that's not like, even if the reason you're doing it isn't to quote restrict, you're still restricting your intake, you know? Totally. Um, okay. Well, that was a whirlwind. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but Stuart, I I talked to you for like another hour about this. I know this has been so much fun, but that's, that's what I would prescribe to you. Get your breakfast game on breakfast game on point. But other than that, like, it oh yeah. Like oh wait, are you great? Oh yeah. Do you need to give advice? No, I never give advice. I don't know why. Okay. I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm your mother right now. Like, I feel like, oh, I see you. Like I, I see you making progress and I want to foster that. Thank you. Thank you. I am making a lot of progress. Honestly, like I still, of course, like, I mean, can I say this? I, I do love a binge situation. Like it is fun. Like when you're with friends or something like like, and I know you had Maddie on the podcast, like mm-hmm. me and Maddie will just like binge you together. And it's like the best thing ever. And I, but I just try not to get mad at myself. And then I try to remember, like, if you eat too much one day, then like the next day you're going to maybe, you know, like mm-hmm. you trust your body, I guess. Yeah. Like something and like. I will like, before we wrap up, I'll just make one little distinction. I think I'm not there when you're eating with Maddie, but if I had to take a guess, I would say you guys are like over overeating. You're like overindulging. Yes. You're you're eating a lot of food. A binge to me is it's darker. More like it's darker. It's you're doing it alone. The loss of control, like the yeah. loss of control is what I associate. And then on the other side of that, like of course sometimes you're going to overeat, like Right. At, you're, at Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to overeat. I don't of think course. that's a binge. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't think that is the same as the desperation that you feel when you're like alone in your kitchen, eating peanut butter out of the jar. And totally, totally. I don't. Yeah. I, as a joke, I, you should see us eat though. Cause it's pretty <laughs> can you film it next time? Yeah. A mukbang. I yes. would actually love a mukbang from the two of you. Two red, you could do like a uh, two redheads yes. or something. You could do, do a little play off that. Yes. I yeah. love that. I love you. I love a powerful redhead 
And I'm so happy to have had you on the show. Where can people find you and follow you? Thank you so much for having me on. This was so, so, so much fun. Um, if I said anything stupid, feel free to let me know. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Stuart and Chill on all platforms. Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you, Emily. This was so much fun. Okay, I'm back, baby. That was today's conversation with Stuart Fullerton. I would love to hear feedback on this show. So like I said, at the top of the show, go to the brand new Discord group. You can find it linked in my Instagram, which is at Lubination. You can also follow the podcast for updates about the episodes and also a dose of body positivity in your feed on the daily, which I've said before is very important for your mental health, especially when recovering from disordered eating. So you can follow the podcast at RIP Diets. And if you want even more content, go to patreon.com slash RIP Diets. You can find bonus episodes, videos, vlogs, and I'm going to get back on my grind and start posting more frequent vlogs for you guys because I know you enjoy that. But I would also love to hear what you guys want to see on Patreon. And I made a special thread for that in the Discord group. Again, found at the link in my bio on Instagram. So until the next show, have a fabulous week. Enjoy food, enjoy life. And I will talk to you guys again on the next edition of RIP Diets. Peace out.